Yes, yes, yes. Look with me in Daniel chapter number seven. Daniel chapter number seven. Uh, we are fixing to get in the very meat of prophecy when it comes to the book of Daniel. Uh, the first six chapters are basically a narrative. Uh, Daniel telling of his time in, uh, in Babylon and, and what he experienced there. Uh, there is one chapter of prophecy there in Daniel chapter number two, but primarily it's the narrative that Daniel gives. From here on out, it's going to be all prophecy, all prophecy. And, uh, and this is going to be a really, really good study. I have enjoyed it so far. It's going to be interesting. And, and there is a great possibility, I don't know yet, but I'm thinking about just because, and I, I know we've done a revelation study before, but just because of what we're seeing here in Daniel, it would be uh, uh, kind of good to go right into revelation with a tying in. We might do that. I don't know. Uh, if y'all get your hearts right, we may do that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but anyway, even if we don't go into every single verse, every single chapter of Revelation, we may take and tie together uh, what is in Daniel and what it runs parallel in Revelation. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right, Daniel chapter number seven. We're not going to be able to finish the whole chapter uh, because I want to dedicate the last part of it primarily all by itself dealing with the Antichrist. From verses number 19 to the end is all about the Antichrist, great in more detail. And I don't want to try to get all that today because we just won't have time and leave a little bit of time for him. We're going to give him his whole hour. Say amen. amen. So Daniel chapter 7 <clears throat> in verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and they said uh, thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had also four heads and Dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had a great iron teeth that devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Be I beheld, and in other words, I kept looking, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like wool, 
pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. Now we're back to the, to the little horn, the little mouthy horn. Say amen. <laughs> I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man, we know who that is, came with the clouds of heaven and came, if you don't, that's Jesus. Amen. I got to thinking about it. Everybody might not know who that is. That's the Lord. And came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him and there was given him dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. In his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit and in the midst of my body. In other words, this, this, this dream, this vision made him physically ill. And the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all of this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for a great crowd tonight. Thank you for an opportunity to just study your word, go through the scriptures, and just, just learn how powerful you are. And how mighty you are and how knowledgeable you are. You know it all. You know it from the beginning to the end. Frontwards and backwards, Lord, I praise you and I glorify you. Lord, thank you for giving us something that we can hold on to. Thank you for giving us something that will, will increase our faith and develop our faith and strengthen our faith. Lord, I praise you tonight. And I need your help. I need you to anoint my mind and my heart. Lord, let me remember everything that I've studied and, 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 and learned. Help me to deliver it in a way that everybody can comprehend and understand what we're studying tonight. In Jesus' name, I ask all these things. Don't let me forget anything I should. And don't let me forget anything I shouldn't. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Many people get spooked by prophecy. There, there's basically three apocalyptic uh, books in the Bible, Zechariah, Daniel, and Revelation. In other words, speaking primarily about the end, about the end of the world, the end of the age, the end of the epic of, of, of when it's all said and done, if that makes sense, say amen. And, and you have to understand that sometimes in these three particular books that God uses pictures. He uses uh, uh, hieroglyphics, if you will. He uses ways to describe. Uh, in, in this, you, you got to understand if he gives you, you read it just like it is until you get something that says, as it were, or looks like, if that makes sense. We know then that's talking about 
apocalyptic uh, language. And if he gives you something that is a sign or a symbol, if you keep reading, just like we read in that, that, that verse right there, he said, I'll tell you what it is. So for instance, in the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, in the very first chapter, he said, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Seven golden candlesticks. We scratch our head. I wonder what the seven golden candlesticks were. Well, if you keep reading, he says the seven golden candlesticks are the seven churches. And then he says, I saw uh, stars in his right hand. We wonder what the stars are. Well, if you keep reading, it says the stars were the messengers or the angels. And the word angel means messengers. The messengers to the churches. So we know, are y'all with me? So when you see prophecy, don't get wigged out about it. Just keep reading. Just keep reading and see one of the, one of the blessings of the book of Daniel is most of the prophecy that he is given in his day, obviously it hadn't taken place yet, but we have the opportunity to look back and see much of this has already taken place. So what do we know from that? He was dead on the money. God knows what he's doing. What's the point of prophecy? I mean, what's the point of prophecy? Why does God put prophecy in his word? Why does God put prophecy? And and when we say prophecy, we're talking about telling what's going to happen in the future. So everybody's on the same page, what we're talking about. He's going to tell you what's going to happen in the future. Okay. Now, why does God do that? To give you an opportunity to say, God was right. Now we have people running around today calling themselves prophet or prophetess or whatever. And and here's the thing. If you're wrong one time, you're a false prophet. You cannot be a prophet of God and ever one time be wrong. Because if you're a prophet of God, you have 100% accuracy. And I'm telling you this. God put it in his word so you can know he is God, that he knows what's going to happen and he is in control. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And so that's really cool. I mean, I'm telling you, we need to understand. We need to have faith in our Bible. We need to have faith in God's word. We need to have faith in the God who wrote it and know that he knows what's going to happen. What does that do for us? What does that do for us right now? Uh, we're, we're living in a world that's in total, total upheaval, total upheaval. I, I, sometimes I watch the news in, in my office. I, I, I'll go to YouTube and I'll click the different news, news, uh, uh, channels or, 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 or news articles. I, I, I like watching the, the, the up-to-date things that's going on in Israel. I have three or four sites that I go to that it has, I mean, in English, in, in, in the English language, it has uh, what's happening in, in Israel. It's just like if you was watching the news from Birmingham, but it's from Israel. And, 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 and I, I mean, as it skips through, and sometimes if, you, if you're on YouTube, if you're watching one, it's maybe three or four minutes long. It gives you whatever that uh, article is or whatever. And then it'll just skip by itself to one that's related to that. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, sometimes I'm lazy and I don't, I just let it skip and just keep on. Well, you know what? I was sitting there today and every time it went, there was some kind of different turmoil, some kind of different upheaval, some kind of different strife, some kind of different 
fighting or fussing or, hey, we've got, we've got Russian soldiers on the, on the verge of going into Ukraine. We've got American soldiers going to Europe because all this is going on. We've got Iran and Israel going after it. We've got North Korea showing out again. Who would have thought? We've got turmoil in our own country. Our country's so divided right now. There's so much, there's so much turmoil everywhere. Are y'all with me? And if we're not careful as a child of God, we can get our eyes so focused on all the garbage, all the strife, all the difficulty, all the hardship. And we go to biting our nails to the quick. We go into worrying about everything. What are we going to do about the gas prices? What are we going to do about the economy? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about Biden? What are we going to do about the Ukraine? What are we going to do about them supersonic missiles? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to trust the God who knows what's going to happen. He wrote it down because when we get to the end of this, le- I don't even know why I'm not even got it to the lesson yet. But when we get to the end of this lesson, we're going to realize he's in charge and he knows he knows what's going to happen. He knows how it's going to end. He's alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He's got it all down and we are going to be all right. We're on the winning side. Everything. It's going to be all right. Look at your neighbor yourself. Tell them they're not, they're not convinced. Tell them everything's going to be all right. Boy, that's the most vocal y'all ever been. Amen. Y'all must have watched the news today too. Are y'all with me? You see, that's why he gave us prophecy. So we can understand he knows and he's got it all under control. Everything's going to be okay. Now, Here's something that you're going to have to remember. This is a, a study tip, if you will. If there is a tool to use and understand, especially in the book of Daniel, all right? Especially in the book of Daniel, you've got to know this to understand all the prophecies given in the book of Daniel. Look at number one. Look at number one. First, we find the details. First, we find the details. Here's what you got to remember. Here's what you got to remember. Write this underneath details. Number one, repetition and enlargement. Repetition and enlargement. In other words, the, the prophecies given, and they're, they're in, in chapter 2, chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 11. All right? Chapter 2, chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 11. It's the same prophecy... It's the same prophecy, but it is, it is repeated, but it is enlarged. In other words, every time he gives you some more stuff, does that make sense? He gives you a little bit in chapter number two. Well, when, when we get to chapter number seven, he adds to it. He gives you some more stuff. It's almost like if he just gave it to us all at one time, we couldn't handle it. Amen. But he gives you a little more, a little more, a little more. Uh, I've, I've read, I've, 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 I've watched several pastors teaching and preaching on this chapter and, 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 and people have written and said, you know, um, you know, this, 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 this wing line, this wing line is the United States and, and, and Great Britain, you know, cause the United States has the wings of an eagle and the lion is always a type of Great Britain and the bear is definitely Russia. Definitely. And, 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 you know, that leopard, that's, 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 that's the, the Middle East and, and all of that. And, and, no, it's not. It's not none of them. 
It's the same identical prophecy given in chapter number two, except that he's adding to it. It runs parallel. In chapter number two, we find an image, right? We had, y'all, how many of y'all was here for the very, all through this deal? So you know where I'm talking. All right, we have the head of gold, right? Babylon. Then we have the body of silver. That's the Medo-Persians, right? And then, and then we have, then we have the brass, right? That, that which is, which is the Greek, the, the Greek empire. And then the legs of iron. We, we see that's the Roman empire and the feet. And uh, are y'all with me? We good? Now, we, we, find, we find this image in chapter number two. Well, everything in chapter number seven runs parallel with the image. And, but it's expanded upon. In other words, it's added to and gives you more detail. If that makes sense, say amen. That's a very important tip. When you're studying the book of Daniel, it's repetitive when I'm, when I'm saying studying the book of Daniel, I'm talking about studying the prophecies of the book of Daniel. The prophecy in chapter 2, the prophecy in chapter 7, the prophecy in chapter 8, and prophecy in chapter 11. If that makes sense, say amen. He repeats it, but adds more to it. So when we study tonight, we're going to see similarities of what we studied in chapter number 2, but we're going to have some more details to go with it. Are you with me? Okay, now, the second important detail. Not only is, is there repetition and enlargement, in other words, added to, added to the previous prophecy, but you, under, you need to understand the timing of the prophecies. <clears throat> the timing of the prophecies. And what do I mean by that? Every prophecy, really, you could say in the Bible, begins at where the prophet is in the timeline of humanity. Okay, every prophecy begins wherever the prophet is in the timeline of humanity. What is the beginning of the prophecy for the book for Daniel? It's in Babylon. All right. The head of gold, right? The winged lion, both of them represent Babylon. And I'll get to all that in a minute. But I'm just saying the prophecy for Daniel started where Daniel was. If that makes sense, say amen. Now, where did where did the, the prophecy in Revelation all right. When John, all right. Daniel is the prophet for revelation. John is the prophet for, or excuse me, excuse me, back up. Daniel is the prophet for the book of Daniel. All right. And the prophecies that come in Daniel. John is the prophet who described the revelation. Where does the revelation begin? The prophecies of the revelation. It begins in the first century during the age of the church. Why? Because the prophecy begins wherever the prophet happens to be. Is everybody understanding that? That's why you see, that's why you see it begins in Babylon. The head of gold, Babylon. The the winged lion, Babylon. That's where Daniel was in his time, in the timeline of humanity in history. Okay, everybody good? All right, let's go. Let's go. We see important details. These are basic tips, basic tips. Uh, uh, Joy, Joy, could you grab me one of those tissues over there? Your sorry brother ain't here, so I'm going to need you to help me. He's probably watching online. I said it. I said it, Willie. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I'm kidding. He's always there to help me. He's probably on the road working. Thank God. There you go. See, Joy took up for you. He said you was working. I just hope he ain't watching this while he's driving. Amen. <clears throat> All right. All right. 
Here we go. Details. Number two, dates. Dates. He gives us the dates when this takes place. Look in verse number one. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions upon his head. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. In other words, he gives us a timeline. He received this dream during the very first year of Belshazzar. So let's look at our notes. King Nabonidus, we know King Nabonidus was was Belshazzar's uh, 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 father. And we know that he left Belshazzar as a regent in Rome, or excuse me, in Babylon to rule there. And that's where he was when the Medes and Persians came. But when did that take place? King Nabonidus was monarch over the empire, but he made his son Belshazzar the ruler over Babylon. And the first year of his reign was probably 553 BC. This means that the events described in chapter seven and eight preceded those described in chapters five and six. In other words, the fall of Babylon, the death of Belshazzar and, and Daniel in the lions then. So all this that we're reading right now happened before chapters five and six. So what are we, why is that important? So you know that the book of Daniel is not in chronological order. Okay. That need, that's really important. So what we're reading and studying now happened before the den of lions happened before the, the writing, the handwriting on the wall. It happened in the very first year that Belshazzar was ruling in Babylon. All right. Now, <clears throat> Daniel was about 70 years old at the times of these events occurred. Okay. So number three, what was number one? Help me, help me. You got to go fast because we're going to run out of time. Number one, number two, number three. Dreams, two things, write this down. They were received. They were received. And then they were recorded. It says in verse number one, I had dreams and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. You're reading what he wrote. You're reading what he saw and you're you're reading what he recorded. Now, why is this important? Numbers chapter 12, verse six. And he said, And he said, let's all read together. It's right there in your notes. Numbers chapter 12, verse six. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord will make myself known unto him in a, and will speak unto him in a. So where did he get this vision? From God. The Lord gave this to him. God gave it to him to pin down so that one day in 2022, you could read it and know God knows and God is in charge. Okay. So we need to, we need to make sure we understand that everything we're reading came not from Daniel's wild, vivid imagination, but God gave him this to give to you. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, let's look at some definitions. Number four, some definitions. Look at verse two. Daniel spake and said, I saw, now he begins to describe what he saw. I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea and four great, what? Beasts came up from the sea, diverse, one from another. Now, I only, I only give you four things we need to define, okay? First of all, the sea. The sea. Uh, most, you have the, in the Bible, you have the Red Sea, the Dead Sea, the Sea of Galilee, 
and the great sea. Now, most people believe that what he is seeing here is the great sea. The great sea would be the Mediterranean sea. Does everybody understand that? The Mediterranean sea. Uh, uh, looking out over the Mediterranean, this would be the largest body of water in that, in that particular area for, for what Daniel would be looking at. And we see the sea represents something. All right. Is it, a, it is a picture of something. It's symbolic of something. Now we learn what it is symbolic by looking in revelation in revelation chapter number 17, verse 15. Now, now here's an important thing too. Maybe just put this in the back of your mind. One of the greatest ways to interpret the Bible is with the Bible. If it means something in one book of the Bible or chapter, most likely it means the same thing in another book of the Bible. Let the Bible interpret itself. Okay. Now, what does it say in revelation chapter number 17, verse 15? And he saith unto me, the waters that thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Now, let me, let me just explain this for just, just throw this in so everybody understands. In Revelation, you're going to learn, you're going to learn that there is a false religious system that's called the great whore. And we will learn that in Revelation that you'll find out that there's going to be not only a one world monetary system, a one world government, a one world ruler, there's going to be a one world religion. Hey, you know what? We're all these religions are causing all kinds of strife and struggles and fighting and wars. We're just, let's just all have the same religion. Well, that's, that's called harlotry. That's what God is saying. You're, 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 you're cheating on me. With a different, when you're not with your spouse, are y'all with me? That's why that term is used here. But the description is humanity. It's the, the sea represents a group of people. Have, have y'all ever, have y'all ever seen or used the terminology? Boy, look at that sea of humanity. You know, in other words, it's a huge, huge, massive group of people. So what is Daniel really looking at? He's looking at humanity itself. He's looking at humanity itself. Now, what is it? What's going on? What's going on with this sea? The winds are stirring it up. It is in turmoil. It is in disarray. It is, it is raging. It is a prop. It is not where you want to be. Say amen. And, and so what are we seeing? He's saying life, humanity, the, the age of humanity on this earth has been, listen, from the time Cain killed Abel, man has been in turmoil, fighting and wars, every, all, all kind of, all kind of turmoil. And we see, so we see the sea represents humanity out of humanity. We see this, the four winds, write this down. Number four, the number four B, what does the number four represent? The numeral four in apocalyptic literature is the numeral representing the world, the world, the four winds of heaven. We see the four seasons, the four corners of the compass. They all represent the whole earth. In other words, Daniel is seeing the earth and humanity in turmoil. Are y'all seeing this? Look what it says. Read it, read it, read it. He said, when I saw it, I saw the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. 
It is just stirring up. And, and, and imagine this. If you you got to use your imagination sometimes to see this stuff. Imagine Daniel standing on a shore. I grew up on the ocean. My house wasn't 10 minutes from the beach. And, and I've, been, I've been, you know, we were goofy and crazy when hurricanes would come and we wanted to see how big the waves would get, you know. So we would go where we weren't supposed to and go stand on the beach and the storm coming. And it would just, it, 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 you just have to see it to believe it. And, and, and it was, it's just like, it, it just the waves was crashing and not just crashing on the beach, but crashing side to side. And back. It, it was just a, unbelievable. And that's what I imagine this to be like. I imagine a sea that's just turmoil turned upside down and, 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 and wind blowing and the, and the water blowing on you. If you ever, you ever been to the beach when it's real stormy in that way, in, in all that moisture. And he's saying, now all of a sudden, all of a sudden he sees something happening. Verse number four, three. And four gray, what? Beasts came up from the sea. Diverse. From one another. Now, all we have to do, this was the easy one. This is easy. Verse 17. He says, let me just tell you what they are. These great beasts, which are four, are four. Come on, everybody. Are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. Now, the word king there can be translated king or kingdom. Okay, king or kingdom. So we see a raging storm. We see the wind blowing. We see all of this happening, but out of that. Now, what was the sea? What was the sea? Humanity. Out of humanity comes four specific kingdoms. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you this right here. We're going to cheat a little bit because we're not going to get to it. But I'm going to just tell you, really, you're going to see in this particular chapter, six kingdoms. Six kingdoms. You're going to see the four kingdoms of man. Then you're going to really see the devil's kingdom or, or the antichrist. And then you're going to see the final kingdom, the Lord Jesus's kingdom. Okay. The son of man. So really you're going to see six kingdoms in here, but what God is trying to show you is it. And he, and he gives this to Daniel. This is so amazing. He gives Daniel. He said, Daniel, I tell you what, I'm just going to tell you what is, I'm just going to give you the history of man until it's over. And that's what he does. He gives him a landscape. He gives him a picture of from where Daniel is, the, 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 the empire of Babylon, all the way to the end of the world when Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom. Are, are y'all seeing this? And, and now we look back and say, okay, yeah, I can see that. I can, I can, see, I can see the Greek empire there and I, I can see the Babylonian, the gold, you know, and, and the winged. I, I can see that and... I can see the, the, the uh, you know, uh, Alexander the Great. I, I, I can see uh, the Medo-Persian, you know, Cyrus. And you know, I, I can see the... Ro- but, but see, none of that had taken place yet. And Daniel's writing all this down. None of this has taken place. This shows you the accuracy of what God said would happen. Are y'all with me? Now, there's four kingdoms come up. Four kings. Four kings. Four kingdoms, okay? We know what they are because we done studied it in chapter number two. The Babylonian kingdom, the Medo-Persian kingdom, the Greek empire, and the Roman empire. But watch this. This is something intriguing. The verse specifically says kings, though. Four kings, right? We know, we know without a doubt, when you think of Babylon, you think Nebuchadnezzar. 
When you think Medo-Persia, you think Cyrus. All right, King Cyrus, the great Persian ruler. When you think, when you think Greek, obviously it's Alexander the Great. But who do you think was Rome? There, well, which one? There's multiple. There's multiple seizures. There, there's several. But you, there's not one that stands out. There's not one that was the man. You know why? Because he ain't got here yet. It's going to be the Antichrist. Because, see, we think Rome, the Roman Empire is over. It's not over. It's smoldering. It's still alive. Listen, it is still, it is still, but there's going to be a, a leader come up. Just like, just like Nebuchadnezzar, just like Cyrus, just like Alexander the Great. And he's going to come and he's going to rule. Now, now let's get it. I don't want to get ahead of myself and I want to keep watching time. Keep watching time. So we see, we see humanity. We see humanity in turmoil. Say that with me. We see humanity in and out of humanity comes kingdoms, comes kingdoms. Now watch this, watch this. I keep throwing extra stuff in here. I'm going to lose my time. What is cool about this? What is cool about this? According to scripture, according to scripture, not counting the Antichrist's kingdom, but according to scripture, God said, I'm only going to let them be four. I'm only going to let there be four basic world kingdoms. In other words, it was Babylon basically covered the known world. Uh, the Medo-Persians basically covered the known world. Uh, uh, the Greek Empire, you know, Alexander the Great covered the whole world, conquered the world. Uh, Rome obviously did, but he said, that's it. I'm only going to allow four. Now watch this. From the end of the Roman Empire, from the end of the Roman Empire to where we are today, there has never again, never again been a leader to be able to conquer the world. Charlemagne tried, he failed. Genghis Khan tried, he failed. Y'all with me? Uh, Napoleon tried, he failed. Hitler tried, and he came close, but he failed. You know why? Because God said there wasn't going to be another one. You getting this? He is accurate. And there will not be another world ruler till the Antichrist steps forward. Are y'all with me? Isn't that cool? I'm telling you, I like this stuff. I don't know what y'all's problem is. It's great. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get into the, let's get into the four beasts. Let's, let's start describing them. The angel The angel told Daniel that the four beasts represented four kingdoms, right? Seven, 17. The same sequence of empires that Nebuchadnezzar has seen in his dream in chapter number two. That's why I put it on your front page. We may come back and read that. All right. However, however, the king saw a great and impressive image made of valuable metals while Daniel saw dangerous beasts that ruthlessly devoured people and nations. All right. Now turn back over to Daniel. Flip your, flip your notes back over. 
And let's review Daniel chapter number two. Can y'all remember what we just read about the beast? Can everybody remember that? Winged lion, uh, uh, hunchback bear with ribs in his teeth. Right? Can everybody remember that? And, and then the, and the, the, the leopard with the four wings and, and, and then the, a monster. It's really don't even say what kind of beast. He's just a beast. He's just a monster with ten horns and another little horn and, and, and iron teeth. Everybody remember that? Now let's go back and read chapter 2 and see the parallel. Daniel chapter 2 verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great what? A great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent. I mean, he's saying this thing was impressive. This thing was beautiful. It was impressive. It was, it was gorgeous. The image's head was a fine gold, fine gold. His breasts and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron and his feet, part of iron and part of clay. And thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron and the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away and no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain filled the whole earth. This is the dream. We will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Now, now, so watch this. Same prophecy. Same prophecy, repetition, and enlargement. We're going to add to it. I'm going to give you some more details, God says. That's all he gave in chapter 2. But we're going to get some more stuff in chapter 8. Now, I wonder why. You wonder why? He gives this big, beautiful statue, this glorious-looking excuse me, image. And terrible doesn't mean bad. Terrible means massive means large. So we have this image that's, that's beautiful, that's shiny, that's sil- gold, silver, brass, iron, and clay the mixture. But then in, in seven, he's talking about the same thing. He's given the same description. And, and what is, what do we learn in chapter number two? What do we learn in chapter number two? That this is a description of humanity until the end of time. Well, guess what it is in chapter 7? Guess what it is in chapter 7? It's a description of humanity from Babylon to the end of time. But man, is it different. One is a beautiful image, a, a glorious image, a shiny image, a impressive sight. But then in 7, it's ferocious, bloodthirsty. Terrifying looking what? Come on. Everybody. These. But they both represent, they both represent the kingdoms, specifically the Gentile kingdom. Remember the times of the Gentiles? The Gentile kingdoms on this earth. Or man's, watch this now, everybody. Stay with me. Pinch your neighbor. Don't do that. Man's kingdoms. When man looks at the kingdoms of men, it's impressive. It's glorious. Wow. What did Nebuchadnezzar do? Look at this kingdom that I have built. 
But when God sees it, he doesn't see something impressive. He doesn't see anything glorious. When he looks at the kingdoms of men and how they got what they got, he sees them as what? Beasts. Who kill bloodthirsty killers who destroy and take dominion by force. You see, the view of humanity in chapter 2 is from man's eyes. The view of humanity in their kingdoms in chapter 7 is through. Are y'all with me? I mean, let's think about it. Let's, Let's face it. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. All of humanity is kill or be killed. It's conquer or be conquered. It is the strong oppressing the weak. And that's how God sees it. Who wins? Whoever's got the biggest stick. Hello? And this is why it's so different. It's describing the same thing. But it's very different how man sees its kingdoms and how God sees its kingdoms. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Ooh, let's hurry, let's hurry. Let's hurry. Okay, let's, let's begin. Let's look, let's look at the extra details we get in chapter 7 that we don't get in chapter 2. First, we see the lion, which is representative of the Babylonian Empire. Verse 4. The first was like... See that? That's, that's prophetic terminology. Was like. In other words, it wasn't a real line and it wasn't real wings, but that's what it looked, what it looked like. Okay. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. And it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man. And a man's heart was given to it. Now, if you've been in the book of Daniel... This should strike your memory. All right. All through, all through archaeology, they are finding pictures, representatives, uh, 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 pottery that's got on it winged lions. Several, several, several different verses in the Bible describe Babylon with, with eagles and they describe them with lions. And what is this? A winged lion. The Ishtar Gate, the Blue Gate that's been redone and remodeled in the in the um, in the museum in Germany has got a winged lion on it. So we know without a question this is Babylon. This is a description of Babylon. Now what what is what's what's up with this standing up like a man and giving the heart of a lion? How many of y'all know and remember? How many of y'all have been through this Daniel from the very beginning? Been in this Daniel through the very beginning. How many of y'all remember when when Nebuchadnezzar was arrogant? How many of y'all remember the chapter where God got his attention? What did God do to get his attention? He put him outside like an animal and gave him a heart of a beast. Now, if y'all wasn't here, if y'all wasn't here, go, go, go online, go to the archives and go back to that chapter. Go back to that chapter and, 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 and watch that study. Nebuchadnezzar was arrogant. Nebuchadnezzar was cocky. Nebuchadnezzar thought it was all about him. But God showed him, you don't have nothing that I didn't give you. And he made him go for seven years 
to, to be outside with the dew on his back. His hair grew out like feathers of an eagle. His claws, his claws, his fingernails turned into claws. They grew out to claws and he would graze like an oxen. And he was like an animal till he got his heart right. And guess what he got to do again? Stand up like a man. And God took that beast heart out and put what? A heart of a man back in there. And you know what he did then? Bless the God of Daniel. And the whole point, the whole point, I put him in the end of your, at the end of this, these notes. He said, I'm going to do this till you know, till you know that I am God. I'm paraphrasing this part and I'm in charge. I'm the one running the show. I'm the one controlling this. And you're going to see now it took getting his attention. But all of this represents what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. That's why I believe it's describing the kingdom, but it's real specific on the king. Are y'all with me? The king is the one who got to stand back up and got his heart back after he got his heart right. Amen. Then we see B, the bear, the bear. Look what it says. uh, Verse five, verse five. When you're there, say amen. Are you there? Say amen. Okay. And behold, another beast. It, I didn't even think about the picture. Have y'all been putting in pictures up there? Hey, Daniel, get that picture up there of the, of the lion. Let them see that. And we'll, I forgot all about that. I'm sorry. Do you have that? There we go. See the wings? See the lion? That's Babylon. That's ba- and it's pretty majestic too. What's the king of the jungle? What was the, the most impressive kingdom out of all? Babylon. It was, the, it, was, it was the head of gold. Gold. All right, now watch. Here's the second one. Huh? One and two under A. Winged lion. Winged lion. I'm sorry. Winged lion and lion given human heart. Which, and put beside that, Nebo. That was old Nebi. Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. Did I miss any others? Is that, is that good? Okay. All right. The bear. Here we go. That's a bad boy right there. Amen. Now, now this picture, it, it doesn't give you the, I, I seen another picture that was kind of cool, but it shows the bear hunched up on one side and that's important. That's important for the prophecy, right? So we see a bear. How many of y'all know what a bear is? Okay, in the picture that Daniel sees, he's hunched up. One side's higher than the other. Okay, he's got how many ribs in his mouth? Three ribs. Now, let's, let's look at this. Look at what it says, verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second like to, what, what does that mean? It looks like a bear, amen? And it raised up itself on one side, right? He's got it hunched up there. He's raised up on one side, and it had... Three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, arise, devour much. Now let's look at this, the bear. Raised up on one side. Now why is that important? It is the kingdom. Who took over? Who took over the king of Babylon? Remember when Belshazzar died, the writing on the wall, he died that night. A kingdom came in. Who were they? The Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persian. Darius the Mede, Cyrus the Persian. Okay? But what's significant about that is... 
it says Medes and Persians like they were partners, but the Persians conquered the Medes and brought them together and called it Medes and Persians. One was higher than the other. The Persians were greater and were basically in charge. Darius the Mede worked for Cyrus the Persian. The bear is up on one side. If that makes sense, say amen. Okay, does everybody understand why that picture is there? So what is happening? What is happening? God's giving you more detail. He's giving you extra detail. The three ribs. The three ribs are in his mouth. That means he destroyed. He conquered whatever it was. All right. The Medes and the Persians had to conquer three groups of people to become world rulers. The Egyptians, the Babylonians, y'all with me? And Lydia. All right. Three ribs. That had to happen. The Bible is incredibly accurate. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Okay. Okay. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. He conquered Lydia, the, the Medes and the Persians. They conquered Lydia, Egypt, and Babylon. All right. That represents the three ribs. Then we find what animal? The leopard. The leopard. Verse number six. Verse number six. You got the leopard? There we go. What, what, what's he got? He's got, he, it's got two wings there, but there's two you can't see. Either that or the artist messed up. Amen. He's got how many wings? Look what it says. Look what it says. After this, I beheld and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it, what? Four wings of a fowl. And the beast had also four heads and dominion was given in. What do we see there? First, we see four wings representing speed. Now, speed. A leopard's fast anyway. But when you give a leopard some wings, that brother can travel. Are y'all with me? And then when you give him an extra set of wings, this is incredible speed. You study anybody that studies war. Anybody that studies battle, anybody that studies history, and they will tell you nobody conquered as fast and with as great a speed as Alexander the Great. He moved across the, 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 the continents in the, listen, with incredible speed. What is, what is God doing? He's telling Daniel, hey, there's going to be, there's going to be a, 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 an emperor come. There's going to be an empire leader come that that brother's going to be fast. And he was. He was. Now, we see four heads, right? What's up with the four heads? Well, when, when uh, Alexander the Great, when he passed away at a very young age, at a very young age, we see, we see that instead of fighting over the kingdom, who was going to be the next ruler? Matter of fact, they asked him before he died, who's going to, who's going to take over? Who's going, to, who's going to inherit your empire? He said, the strongest and died. But instead of fighting over it, they split it up with what? Four generals. Four generals. I give you the names there. Look at time. Oh, mercy. Eight minutes. Uh, Cassander, Ptolemy, Antigonus, and Seleucus was the four generals that he turned his empire over and was split with those four. The Bible is accurate. 
Keep in mind, now it's easy for us because we're looking back and we can compare secular history to what Daniel wrote. But you got to understand, none of this happened when he was writing this down. All of this was going to happen in the in the future. Isn't this great? Amen. Look at the next one. Look at the next one. So we have a specific leader in the Babylonian empire. His name was. Okay. We have a specific leader in the Babylonian empire. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. We have a specific leader in the Medo-Persian empire. His name was Cyrus. We have a specific leader in the Greek empire. His name was. But we really don't have one. In the Roman Empire. Because the, the one, the leader, like the other three, will be the Antichrist. Now, I'm not going to go into as much detail with this because we're going to add this to next week and, and, and have a, a whole hour dedicated to him. But let's, let's, let's do this real quick. Let's finish this. Uh, it says in, in verse 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions and behold, a fourth beast dreadful and terrible. Now, it doesn't say it doesn't really say he was uh, a hyena or a, or a, a wolf or, or it just says a beast. So really, it's just a monster. That's what he wants you to. He wants you to understand that this is just awful. And by the way, all the killings. All the killings that took place with those four other three emperors will be nothing compared to what the Antichrist is going to do. They're going to, it, 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 what Nebuchadnezzar did, and, and they killed with impunity, by the way. They killed whoever they wanted to kill. What Nebuchadnezzar did, Cyrus did, Alexander the Great did, is going to look like child's play when the Antichrist steps forward and begins his rule. It's going to be terrible. Watch this. What's the word given? It's going to be dreadful. What is he seeing? Matter of fact, I truly believe that this is the part right here. When he starts seeing this, this is what starts making Daniel sick to his stomach and physically ill. He says, after this, I saw in the night visions, I behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great what? Iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had 10 horns, 10 horns. Look at this. We see the dreadful, terrible, dreadful and terrible. There means fearful and mighty. It just means just, just frightening. Iron teeth represents brutality, brutality. The Iron Age of Europe saw the expansion of several military powers from the Athenian Empire to the Empire of Alexander the Great. But none, none, say that with me, none, none, however, would reach the size or scale of the Roman Empire. The Roman Iron Age began long before Rome became an international empire, but it was partly thanks to the iron weapons that the Roman military was so effective with. And they were called... You know, many people call them the Iron Legions of Rome. And so we know this represents the Roman Empire. All right, the ten horns and a little horn. And like I said, just put your, just your pause button on that one right there because we want to dedicate all of the, the whole study on the ten horns and the little horn. And the little horn, I'm gonna just, if you want to put beside it so you'll remember if you lose your other paper, just put 
put equals or dash the Antichrist. The little horn is the Antichrist. All right, now let's sum all this up. We got three minutes to do it. Let's, let's review. Let's review. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six, determinations. Determinations. You say, where, where do you get that? The, the, the word determine. The word determine is found four times in Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel chapter 11. In other words, God is saying there is some things this determined. In other words, I decided is going to happen. Are, are y'all with me? Why are we reading this? Why are we seeing this? Because God determined for it to happen. God has laid it out. He is showing you what's going to take place. Now, in Daniel chapter number four, remember I told you I put these verses to remind you. The whole point, the whole point of what God was doing with Nebuchadnezzar, getting his attention. The whole point of prophecy is to help us today. Look what it says. This matter, Daniel four seventeen. this matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones. Read it with me. To the intent, or in other words, for the purpose. To, read it with me. To the intent that the living, are y'all living? That means that's y'all. That the, read it with me. That the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basis of men. Look what it says, Daniel 4.25. That they shall drive thee from men. Thy dwelling shall be with a beast. This is what he's telling uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar what's going to happen to him because of his arrogance. And they shall make thee eat grass as an oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of the heaven. Seven times shall pass over thee, read it with me, till thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he Even, even with the Gentiles being in rule with those four kingdoms, God was still in charge. Nebuchadnezzar was there because God said for him to be there. Cyrus and Darius were there in the Medo-Persian because God said for them to be there. Alexander the Great got to do what he got to do because God said it. Are y'all with me? Now, how do we wrap this up tonight? Look what we see. I mean, I mean, it's done. It's gone from bad to worse. We see a winged lion. That wasn't too bad. But then we see a bear with ribs sticking out of the mouth. Now we got a leopard with four wings and, and, or, and four heads. It's getting worse. And now we got a monster. Dreadful, terrifying. Ten horns and a little horn, but <laughs> verse nine, this is great. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit. What does that mean? He ain't pacing the floor, y'all. Anyway, whose garment was white as snow, the hair of his head was like pure wool his throne was like the fiery flame his wheels as a fire burning fire the fiery stream issued and came forth from him thousands and thousands ministered unto him and ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him the judgment was set and the books were open this is a heavenly scene 
I beheld, and now he said, oh, here comes that horn again. He starts thinking about the words of the horn. The, the, the horn is destroyed in the flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. In other words, there's a time and place for everything, and God has the time in his hand. Watch this now. Y'all ready? And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Who is that? That's Jesus. Came with the clouds of heaven. We see that in several of the verses. Amen. We talked about that Sunday. Y'all remember that? And came to the Ancient of Days or God the Father, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him and, and a, that all, and, and should what? His is an everlasting, which shall not, and his shall not be, watch this, give you three things, give you three things, uh-oh, we're in the red, give, write this down. What do we see? A forever heavenly king and kingdom. That's the ancient of days sitting on his throne. Now, now, why is that important? Why is that important? And and listen fast because I'm I'm already out of time. We started this whole prophecy in turmoil. Right? Humanity being in turmoil. Then we have beastly men coming forward to, to rule and kill and destroy and dominate and conquer and, and, and are y'all with me? And man, it looks terrible. Man, we got this loud mouth horn. Amen. But Daniel said, but in all that, God is on the throne. And he's got people and angels ministering to him. And he ain't even broke a sweat. So, so, don't worry. Because there is a forever heavenly king and kingdom. Period. Period. Then, two, two things, B.C. There will be a final earthly king. There will be his name. His name is the son of man. His name is Jesus Christ. All these. Hey, Charlemagne tried. I said Genghis Khan tried. Uh, Who was that other? Napoleon tried. Hitler tried. But when Jesus comes, he will succeed. And it will be on this earth. He will be a, there will be a final king. Satan is going to try to install the Antichrist. And he's going to, anyway, I'm done out of time. Final king, and then write this down, a final earthly kingdom. Jesus is going to rule and reign on this earth. No matter, no matter what the lion does, doesn't matter what the bear does, doesn't matter what the leopard does, doesn't matter what the monster does, or the loudmouth little horn. Now, what does that mean to us? Everybody look at me before you fold up everything. What does that mean to us? Everybody looking at me? Everybody looking at me? What does that mean to us? Cesar, are you paying attention over there? Elbow him in the side so he's awake, all right? You know what that means? Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. 
It doesn't matter what happens in the political arena. I mean, from the south to the north, we've got turmoil below us at the Mexican border. We've got turmoil at the Canadian border. We've got turmoil on that side of the ocean, this side of the ocean. Man and humanity is a mess. But I got good news. He's on the throne. And he knows how this is all going to fall out. And a little hint, we win. Can we give God praise and glory tonight? Let's all stand. Let's all stand. All right. Now tell people what they missed. Let them know. Let them know this is going to be a great study. Daniel chapter 8. Well, actually, we're not even going to get to Daniel chapter 8. We're going to finish Daniel chapter 7 next week. But it's going to be all completely dedicated to the little horn, the Antichrist. All right?